Welcome back to the Celtics Corner, hosted by Brian Nasto, where we recap every Celtics game. I'm joined by special guests on the show with in-depth breakdowns, latest topics, and anything Celtics. I have a question for you, though. Ready? Do you bleed green and gold? If you do just as much as I am do, you're in the right place. Please go check out my Twitter, at Celtics Corner underscore, to, for live game updates, posts, and discussions for your Boston Celtics. Now. We have a huge, huge, huge episode for you guys today. I'm going to try to keep it short. I don't want to go on too long, but we have a lot to uh, cover in this episode. This is a couple hours after the trade deadline finally ended in the NBA. And man, did we have fireworks all over the all over the league with trades uh, over the past 24 hours. And it's just a lot to unravel. So we're going to do our best. But first things first. We have a game that we had last night against the Sixers, and it was probably one of the most important games of the season. Um, Celtics are down four starters in this game. You're out. You're out without Horford. No Rob Williams. No Marcus Smart. And then you lose Jalen Brown on top of it. 18 minutes of the game with a little uh, collision with Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum was fine. Uh, facial fracture for Jalen Brown. Um, We'll have more news on that later on the episode, but four points, 18 minutes into the game, no production from him. So you're out four starters in this game. You're, you're handicapped. This team, you got, you need this bench to step up. This is where the depth, probably the best depth in the NBA needs to step up against the third best team in the East, the Philadelphia Sixers, which were at full strength going into this game. The Celtics got the job done, still won 106 to 99. I cannot be more ecstatic about this win because this should have been a blowout for the Sixers. They should have took this opportunity, took took a gave the Celtics an L, closed the lead in the uh in the games, and yet the Celtics still closed it out. I, I mean I just can't tell you how impressed I am from the way the Celtics played last night. And it gets even better. Jason Tatum only put up 12 points. He didn't put up his 25, 30 point game that he usually puts up. He didn't play hero ball. He 12 points, eight rebounds, nine assists. This is what you want to see coming from an MVP caliber player. You don't want him to try to play hero ball and just try to win the game on his own. Instead, he knows how good the Celtics depth is and the players and they just worked it out. They were able to overcome this obstacle. And Jason Tatum, instead of playing hero ball, he played facilitator. Facilitator, you're still the best basketball player on the team, but you made the Celtics players step up and help them find easy shots and conducted that team to a win. And I, I thought it was a great performance. Don't get me wrong, 12 points, but that's what you want to see coming from Tatum. Uh, Sam Hauser, <laughs> can we just got start calling this guy a sniper. I mean, 14 points, four for four from deep. He put up 15 points last game. Again, four from six from deep. 
The guy has been lights out from deep in the last two games. I love his production. He's going to need to come up big in the next couple of games for the Celtics until Jalen Brown returns and we get some of that um, starters back on the uh, on the Celtics. But he has been doing just fine uh, taking the bigger role in these past couple of games. And I look forward to seeing what he can do um, going forward. Blake Griffin, another guy. Five from eight from deep. Five threes, 15 points. Ah, man. You just love to see when Blake Griffin gets the hot hand going early. He was he was lights out in the beginning of the first half, and it just helped the, the Celtics ride off that energy into the rest of the game. Derek White, another guy. This guy has been playing amazing down the stretch in the last couple of games. Three from six from deep, 19.6 rebounds, three assists, two blocks, one of which being a huge block towards the end of the game that secured the win for the Celtics. Brogdon, again, this guy is my sixth man of the year, and I don't care if I sound biased because this is a Celtics podcast. He is the sixth man of the year right now if the season was to end today. 19 points, five rebounds, three assists coming off the bench. Do not be fooled by that stat line. This guy, energy coming off the bench. He doesn't play selfish basketball. He, he he's, a, he's more so of a pass-first type of guy, but his aggressiveness over the past month has just molded into um, the type of production that we were expecting to see when we made this trade in the offseason. Um, cannot ask for a much more from the Celtics bench anymore. Grant Williams, four for six from deep, eight rebounds, five assists, 15 points. Again, this guy, Grant Williams, a guy that has been struggling over a long stretch of games, uh, you could say in the past three weeks, has not been that offensive production that we've seen from last year. He hasn't been doing too well, but he's been getting the minutes, but just not a great asset on the offense. And again, the Celtics backs are against the wall in this game. You're down four starters and he steps it up. He steps it up and he has a great shooting night. And this is a great pep up game for him, maybe to get him back in momentum and swing of things because we were able to rely on Grant Williams from from deep uh, last year, and he was a he was he had a great game against that Bucks in the playoffs, and it's just you want to see him get back to the offensive production, and this having this game will give him a great boost of confidence. We also got to see great minutes come out of uh, Luke Cornett. You know, put up an easy eight points again. Backs against the wall in this game. You're down four stars, probably probably the most players out in this, you know, the weakest Celtics team we've seen all season going against the third best team in the East, and they still pull out the win 106 to 99. One of the best, most important games of the season. This is going to be a game where we're going to have to look back on later in the season, even into the playoffs to say, hey, we could do this. We, we were out four stars and we still got the win at home against the Sixers at full strength. So don't ever make excuses when it comes to, oh, well, Rob Williams was out. Oh, well, Al Horford, da, da, da. Doesn't matter. This team can win against anyone, anytime, with anybody. Moving forward, I mentioned this, uh, sixth man of the year. Let's take a look at it. Malcolm Brogdon has to be, has to be the leading candidate for sixth man of the year right now, sitting at 14 and a half points per game, Four rebounds per game, three assists per game, shooting 48% from the field, 
46% from three coming off the bench. Yeah, I, that's right. You can look that up. Fact check me. He's shooting 46% from three point field goals coming off the bench. Do you know how insane that is to have a player, Malcolm Brogdon, shooting that well, but your team has so much depth that he's not, he doesn't make the starting lineup. And to have that asset come off your bench, <laughs> it's it's illegal. It's illegal. And then 90% from free throw. Right now, if you go on sportsbooks, he's minus 200 to win six man of the year if it was if it was to end today. If he keeps it up, there's no doubt in my mind that he will win this. I going into the, the season when we made this trade and fleeced the Pacers, all all the, the only question was if you know he would be healthy because he's coming off of an injury. We haven't really seen him since when he uh, was doing his thing before he got injured. That was the big question. And so far, he's played most games. He hasn't missed a lot of games this season. And he's doing exactly what he was doing before he got injured. And now he's on your bench producing these types of numbers. I, it's just illegal. It's illegal at this point. Um, but now let's look into the trade deadline because... Again, today was one of the most exciting days in NBA basketball. If not, you could say this was one of the best trade deadlines of all time. A lot of, a lot of moves, big names too, not just uh, role players or bench players. Obviously, the big one, the Suns traded a blockbuster, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first round picks and a 2028 pick swap. For Durant and TJ Warren, the Suns now have a super team. You have DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and now adding Kevin Durant. Wow. That is a super team. And they have been playing good ball lately. They were playing terrible basketball in the beginning of the season, but they have been playing good ball lately. They're fifth. I believe they're fifth in the in the West. And they, if the season ended today, they would be going up against the Mavericks. And that brings me to my next big trade. Kyrie Irving requested a trade after we smacked the Nets a week ago, um, 142. And Kyrie, I think we just, we broke Kyrie again. And Kyrie requested a trade and it didn't take long. It only lasted like 48 hours. And I believe it was Sunday he got traded to the Dallas Mavericks. And um, having that over at Lu with Luka, Luka Doncic will be great. However, and you got Dwight Powell over there. However, defensively, they're not, they don't have a good defense. Don't get me wrong. Dallas went deep in the playoffs last year. But I want to see how this Kyrie and Luka dynamic works out because how are they going to work around losing um, Spencer Didwittle and uh, I can't think of the rest of them, but they lost defensive-minded players and they're now on the nets. So how do you work around that? Because uh, same thing with the Suns. Defensively, <laughs> Mikhail Bridges is an amazing defender. Jay Crowder as well. And you're giving up those guys for Kevin Durant, which is great. You know, he's okay defensively, but Devin Booker doesn't play defense. Chris Paul is Chris Paul. Let's be real. 
you're only DeAndre Ayton, but he's not the fastest man in the world. So Suns and Mavs probably have the, and, and then you could say the Nuggets all have the three best teams in the West right there. But defensively, how will that look uh, going forward for the rest of the season and then when going into the playoffs? Those are questions that they're going to need to work around and be able to figure out a system to um, work around their small lineups. Uh, D'Angelo Russell to the Lakers. Lakers actually got some moves done. Um, Russell Westbrook um, went to the Utah Jazz. So Pat Beverly went to the Magic along with Mo Bama going over to Lakers. So a, a lot of Western trades happened uh today we can also look at jay crowder uh bucks traded f- five second round picks for jay crowder once he got traded to the nets does that make the bucks the favorite no no i mean he hasn't even played a game this season so obviously i think he would be able to he'll be playing ball by the playoffs but we got a, It's a big question up in the air. Will Jay Crowder be the Jay Crowder that we know when he was on the Suns, uh, on the Bucks? Because the you know adding that piece to the Bucks, I will say, does make them a stronger team. But as of right now in the East, it's Celtics and Bucks. I can't see any other. Uh, the Bucks are the only team that is a, posed a threat to because Giannis obviously, but Sixers. We just beat them without four of our starters, and then the rest of the teams. The Nets are garbage. Heat, Heat are garbage. Cavs are okay. They they only beat us the two times in overtime, which was a joke. But we're there's no competition in the East right now. A lot of and right now the path is looking really easy for the Celtics to get back in the finals back to back years and get that revenge. Now it's who do they go up against if they do make it? Suns, Mavericks, Nuggets, and who would you want them to? for the best chance of winning. Me, personally, I would like to see Nuggets and Celtics with Jokic, because I one, I just think Jokic deserves to be in that spotlight, finally making the finals. However, there's a good chance it might be the Suns if they can work that out with that super team. And that would be a very interesting game because you have one of the best defensive, offensive teams in the league going against the super team in the West. And I would love Love, love, love to see that series. I think that would be one of the best NBA finals we have ever watched in the past 10 years. Um, going forward, there was a lot of other trades. Nothing nothing too major, though. John Wall back on the Houston Rockets. I mean, I feel I feel so bad for him. But again, what are you, you going to do? But again, and the one move that oh, I forgot, I'm sorry. Boston Celtics made a trade. Nothing major, but... If you really look into it, it's going to be huge for the Celtics down the road. Celtics traded Justin Jackson and two second round picks for Mike Muscala from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Holy crap, I can't speak today. He averages 14 minutes a game. He's 6'11 center, shooting 41.9% from three over the last two seasons. Stat line this season, six points per game, three rebounds. Shooting 44% from the field. Do not let that fool you. Do not look at the stat lines. Look at the player. Him and Al Horford both played on the Atlanta Hawks um, earlier in their careers. And 
if you look at them, they're pretty much similar in the play style. You got two bigs that have size, can shoot the ball efficiently, efficiently from three. Uh, they're, I believe they're two of the top seven centers in the league that shoots uh, with the highest field goal percentage from three. Um, and then they can spread the floor. So adding another Al Horford mindset player on your bench is is game over because the, the Celtics can just spread the offense out so well now adding that piece. And they didn't really lose anything. They kept Grant Williams. They never got rid of Peyton Pritchard. So this is the updated roster. I'll read it to you. Rob Williams, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart are your starters. Coming off the bench, Mike Muscala, Grant Williams, Sam Hauser, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White. And then, and then your reserves, Luke Cornett, Blake Griffin, Danal Gallinari. We'll see if he uh, plays. And then Peyton Pritchard. That roster is insane. I'm just looking at the bench part. I'm looking at the bench part. Sam Hauser, Mike Muscala, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White. I'm speechless. I'm speechless looking at that lineup. If this team stays healthy, health is the only enemy to this team right now. The only enemy. If this team, and, and they're getting banged up right now. And we're, we're seeing it in the injury report, which I'll read to you guys in a couple of minutes. But come playoff time, you will if they stay number one seed, this team needs to be fully healthy, ready to go. If some players need to miss a couple of weeks, so be it. You only got two more months left in this season. Take a breath. You know how good this team is. I want this team being ready to go just like they were in October. Going forward, we got a game tomorrow. Their fourth and last final meeting versus the Hornets. They play at home. Celtics are 3-0 and against them. They're looking for the sweep in the regular series, season series. And I just want to read the injury report here. Jalen Brown out. Facial fracture. Um, actually, really good news about this. He just posted an Instagram story saying mask season incoming. So being less than 24 hours from when he got injured and you know him saying mask season coming is one encouraging two very exciting we get to get a mask jalen brown so looking forward to whenever that will be hopefully sooner rather than later al horford probable right knee swelling marcus smart is out right ankle sprain like i said this marcus smart probably won't touch the ball until after all-star break that's fine. Jason Tatum's questionable with an illness. Um, Non-COVID related though. So we'll see what that's like tomorrow. And then Robert Williams, probable left ankle sprain. They should get the job done. This is the Hornets, not the Sixers. This should be a walk in the park. Every single game we beat them by 10 points or more this season. This should be an easy uh, cool down from the other night. And... We should see. I don't know if Mike Muscala will be playing tomorrow. If not, he will be playing on Sunday, I'm pretty sure. So it will be exciting to see this weekend uh, Mike Muscala get in the Joe Mazzula ball. So other than that, guys, that's all I have for you today. I'll be posting a live game updates on my Twitter for tomorrow's game at Celtics Corner underscore. Make sure you go follow it. 
And make sure you follow the podcast to get notified every time an episode comes out. Until then, guys, go Celtics.